Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I don't know if you caught it last night, Alex Ovechkin. Uh, again, I'm taking personal credit for this, JC. Uh, Alex Ovechkin scored his 830th goal last night. The Caps blew past the Pittsburgh Penguins. You love to see it. 4-3 to three for the Caps scored early. And uh, just uh, an incredible performance by the Caps who put up three in the first period. Here's the thing. I didn't see the first part of this because I, I got to the hotel last night. I uh, had a dinner, had a very nice dinner, uh, went to turn it on, and it wasn't on the Monumental Sports Network. Okay, that's because it's an ESPN game. That makes sense. It's the Capitals and the Penguins. That's a, that's a big matchup. That's a rivalry matchup in the NFL, NHL. My goodness, I'm off today. In the NHL. It's not on ESPN either, or ESPN2, or ESPN3, or ESPN8, the Ocho, or any of the ESPNs. It's exclusive to ESPN+. Plus. But I can't, I can't watch ESPN Plus on the TVs. And I'm staring at my phone. I'm trying to watch the Caps on my phone. I, I, I pay like $12 a month to stare at my phone watching hockey, which is the, the least good way to watch hockey out there in America. What are we doing here? What are, what are we even doing here? Uh, J, JC, you're, you're, not, you're not a sports guy, but you're a TV guy. How, how many streaming services do you have? So, I mean, I got to think about it here. Yeah. Because we got... I've got Amazon Prime, of course. I feel like everybody has Amazon Prime, you know. It's certainly the most because you you don't just get Amazon Prime. You get the you get the shipping too. You get the you get the good shipping. You get the quick shipping, which is nice. Um, and uh, Max is now a Prime channel, apparently. Oh, so if you want HBO Max, that used to be HBO, then it became Max. Yes. Kind of like how Showtime became Paramount Plus. Right. You can't keep track so, of this stuff. It's it's difficult. See, I was even still calling it HBO Max, but apparently it's not it's not a home box office anymore. It's just Max. It, <laughs> there's there's a whole curb episode waiting to happen there. Yeah, there's a, there's no there's no keeping up with this stuff. Yeah. Um what else do I have? I have Disney Plus. Sure. You got to have your Disney Plus. Well, you, you, you know, and it's... You don't have to. Well, but. you used to just, right, like you buy The Lion King on the VHS tape and it was $20. And anytime you wanted to watch, you know, Simba get held up over the rock, you could just pop it in your VCR <laughs> and play it. And now you got to pay a monthly fee in case one day you want to watch The Lion King. You can, you can stream it. Uh, we're not mm. moving forwards here. We're moving backwards as I a society. Like, I feel like that, you know, and because VHS is... Crazy replay value on a on a VHS. You just rewind and you go again. You own it. It's yours. It's yours. You hold it. Like I don't I don't own anything anymore. I borrow it from the cloud. Old man yells at cloud. That's today's episode of MP <laughs> on the mic. The, mm-hmm, old old man yells it. at cloud. I I don't want the cloud. I want to turn on my TV, turn on the channel, and watch Alex Ovechkin score goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That makes me happy. That makes right. my day happy when Alex Ovechkin scores a goal against the Penguins. I don't want to be staring at my phone trying to finagle this thing. This isn't hard. 
Yeah, no. And how many services do we actually need? Speaking of VHSs for a second, though, do you remember those big, chunky plastic cases? Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah, good kind of softish, but you know, that not the paper sleeve, but the the more that told you, like this is this is a a keeper. This is a collector's item. VHS. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Those that I mean, you took me back with the VHS. Now <laughs> waxing poetic about VCRs. I think there was only one kind of cassette tape holder. You know, the one that kind of swung out in a weird like way um, and kind of caught the two little rolly things in the middle of it. There, mm-hmm. there really weren't a lot of options on the cassette tape holder, right? Nobody's exactly. walking around with a paper cassette tape holder. But VHS, VHS, you had. Then you had the big like you rented it from Blockbuster One that like you know, screamed, you're going to have to take this back in a couple of days, just so you know. <laughs> but you know how long Man. I needed to watch a video back then? A couple of days. That's all I needed. Like, I, right. I don't remember anybody feeling like, oh, Blockbuster's great, but what if every month you took the movie home and held on to it for as long as you wanted and just kept paying us indefinitely? Yeah. See... When you and when you put it that way, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm not a rewatch guy either, though. I know some people are rewatch guys. Some people watch the same movie 10, 15, 20 times. That's that's not me. I'm I'm usually a one and done guy. I feel uh, that. I I have that I have that with series. I, I have my comfort series. I like to put on certain certain shows. Yeah. Um, um so I, I'm sure you hear this in the background. Um anytime I'm at a hotel, something wacky happens. I'm I'm doing this for I didn't go over to the, the facility. Normally I do the show from the commander's facility. Um, but they're doing a late practice today. Um I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. They don't care anymore. Um I think that's evident to everybody. <laughs> they're playing out the string. So they're not practicing until later. So I'm just doing the show from my hotel room. So of course the garbage truck came. Like right as we started the show that's, here, uh, that's what I was hearing. Yeah, that's what you were hearing in the background. Yes, yeah, so. I didn't know if it was something in the adjacent studio for me, because or... <laughs> sometimes, sometimes a Joe is having a great time over there. Exactly, exactly. No, we got we got good company down there. I'll be excited to be back with you tomorrow, um, and, and we'll have uh, we'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow. For sure. Um, one last shout out, Alex Ovechkin, eight hundred and thirty goals. He's sixty five away from Gretzky. Uh, as we're chasing history here uh, for him Ovi. to become. Let's go, Ovi. Yeah, it was 65 away. Um, I've said he needs to finish the season 40 away. That's 25 more goals this year. I, it, you know, I declared on the air right before Christmas, I thought we were done here. I didn't think he'd be able to do it. And then he showed me he scored three in the two weeks since I've said that, uh, including I uh, had one that was disallowed the other night. Could have been four. Um, so I, I trust I'll be in his his thank you speech after he gets the record uh, for providing that fire. You're welcome, Alex Ovechkin. Nice win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it's not, it's, yeah, yeah, put a ding on that. Absolutely. It's not what it used to be. It used to be, you know, two teams battling for first place. Now it's like, which team will get the eight seed? Uh, I don't know. It still gets my blood going. Absolutely. Even on the even on the cell phone, even on the ESPN Plus. Uh, paid a lot of money to not be able to follow the puck last night. That's uh, that's what happened up here. VCU basketball tonight. Uh, coverage starts on the fan, of course, with the pregame show. AWOD's got you there. He'll be back at halftime as well. 9 o'clock tip here on the fan. VCU and St. Bonaventure. Uh, boy, we did not bury the lead here. This is the opening game of A-10 play. And uh, this is, um, by all accounts, one of the biggest games of A-10 play. Uh, These are two teams that are absolutely going to be 
in the mix there in that top four. Uh, you look at Dayton. I think Dayton's probably a runaway number one right now in the A-10, and deservedly so. St. Joseph's is very good this year, uh, and I don't think anybody's better than the Bonnies and the Rams right after that. This would be a real sorting out game here. Uh, VCU's favored by five. I am scared to death of that line. This feels much more like a pick em to me. Uh, the Bonnies also running a, a bit of a a transfers all-stars squad. They got seven transfers on their team. Uh, they got a 6'11 center. They'll be hanging on height. Uh, they'll be able to compete with VCU, which not a lot of 8-10 teams are going to be able to compete with VCU on height this year. Um, you're, you're looking at a real tone setter here right out of the gate, which I'm really excited about. Um, I think we got time to hear from Ryan Odom. Uh, you got uh, Ryan Odom talking about lineups uh, queued up and ready to go, JC? Are we, yeah, buddy. We're, we're good on that. Awesome. So, you know, part of I mentioned, you know, the, the Bonnies can compete on height. I think that's that's part of the fun of tonight. Uh, this is Ryan Odom yesterday talking about kind of how his lineup is well-suited towards uh, doing whatever he needs to do that night in terms of the opponent. Whatever success I have had, I've tried to go about my job. I, I think that's Bill Belichick. Lose. Um, Good years, bad years, whatever they are, you know. I think that's our guy, Bill Belichick. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. <laughs> the wrong one, Michael. <laughs> that's a, we're, we're shaking off the cobwebs I, here. I think uh, I think Ryan Odom has more wins than Bill Belichick uh, this year. Uh, is uh, it, it, that that doesn't happen uh, often? There, we get to the end of the football <laughs> season and Belichick's not hanging. But uh, uh, we we got uh, we got our guy queued up. Yeah, take two. Let's go. All right. You know, each game, you know, has a life of its own, right, and calls for different things. And lineups, you know, can be different at times, you know, based on the opponent that you're playing. Gardner-Webb, uh, you know, played a very small lineup, right, at times. Uh, they did have one center in there most of the time, but the first sub, they didn't. All of a sudden, they had five small guys out there, small relative guards, basically. Um and so all of a sudden, firms guard and guard, you know. And so we, we had to adjust, you know, to that. And um, you know, I think for us, that that could be one of the strengths of this team. We'll we'll see how it plays out. But the versatility to be able to play bigger lineups, smaller lineups, big on the wing, smaller on the wing, um, better scoring, you know, lineups, switching lineups. Uh, you know, we've got we've got some options there as long as everybody stays stays where they're at now. Uh, Ken Pomeroy, KenPom.com, uh, who's, who's probably the number one college basketball stats guru, he put out his A-10 predictions uh, going into conference play uh, last week. He's got St. Bonaventure at three, VCU at four, uh, which I think is really fair. Dayton's number one. Nobody's disputing that Dayton's number one. He's got St. Joe's at number two. I, I think that could... That could potentially change. I just don't think anybody's touching Dayton right now. Duquesne at five, George Mason at six, Richmond at seven, which is a pretty good pull for UR. Um, as I've said, they've had some good losses. Uh, Spiders get a chance to take on the Bonnies this weekend. Uh, they've got the bye tonight. They don't have to play tonight. Uh, one of the other big surprises, uh, before we get back to the top, Rhode Island, 15th in the A-10. Right, so you expect... LaSalle's bad every year. Fordham's bad every year. Um, Loyola's really been a dud since joining the conference. That was not the get they thought it was going to be. So you got Team George Washington, goes without saying. Uh, You know, they're fine. They field teams. uh, But those teams are bad every year. Rhode Island's below all of them. And that's a school that puts a lot of money into its basketball program, too. Uh, So that... 
that that stunned me. Like I knew they were they weren't Rhode Island, the Rams of old. It feels like very very recently, five years ago maybe. Maybe I'm just getting old and forgetting it was a decade ago. Sure feels like recently. Those were big games, the Rams against Rams games. Now Rhode Island's at the very very bottom of the pile. That that surprised me. That was a little jarring to me to uh, to see that there on the Ken Prom projections. But St. Bonaventure, they've got size, just like VCU. It's a transfer all-star team. They got seven transfers coming in tonight. Uh, we'll get a chance to see how these guys really match up, and I think VCU's got the kind of roster that can match up. All right, we promised you uh, you would hear from VCU coach Ryan Odom. Here is VCU coach Ryan Odom. This is the uh, improvement clip, JC. This is... Uh, uh, VCU coach Ryan Odom as we get ready for tonight's game. Nine o'clock tip here on the fan. VCU against St. Bonaventure National TV on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, as it should be, these two A-10 Titans meet. Here's uh, here's VCU coach Ryan Odom. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that we noticed. My brother was here for uh, you know our practices. You know, after we lost to Norfolk State and then Memphis after that tough loss. You know, I mean that that you know. Um, could have sent us in a lot of different directions, right? And, you know, the mood of the team was evident, you know, after that game. Um, the positivity was still there. Um, the work and the energy and the practices was there. And that's not to say that we haven't had one bad practice. We certainly have. Um, uh, you know, you're not going to be perfect. Uh, but at the same time, been really impressed with the mood of the group. And, yeah, certainly, you know, when you add Joe back like that, he's naturally an energetic guy. When you add a veteran back like Sean, you know, that's a positive thing, too, that can give your team a jolt. But, you know, ultimately you have to play well and um, and really put those pieces together. And, and that's what we're working on trying to do, trying to get a little bit better every day when we go in there to practice and uh, and, and get ready for these, these next opponents that we're going to That's uh, VCU coach Ryan Odom, uh, who – has had you know they weathered a storm there early in the season. I don't think that's an overstatement to say that, right? That that Norfolk State loss was a bad loss, and while the Memphis loss wasn't a bad loss on paper, you watch that game, you know they should have beaten Memphis, and and same for Boise State. They've played games where they should have won them and didn't, and those can be disheartening and dispiriting. And I mean, what was dispiriting about the Norfolk State game was they never had any business winning it, uh, which was that's its own kind of dispiriting uh, when you can't hang with a team like that at all. Uh, but they've they've weathered that, and obviously, uh, there's the feeling it's a it's a brand new team. Joe Bamisil is back thanks to court order. Uh, he'll get to play as an immediate transfer, uh, and and Sean Bearstow, who transferred from Utah State uh, and it was kind of always going to be the clutch shooter on this team, has come in and contributed offensively. Uh, it also gives you two guys who have been with Odom before, and you talk about the importance of continuity in college basketball. One of the things I really like about this team, there's a lot of guys who it feels like will be on this team next year. There's a lot of guys who it feels like aren't going to be transfer portal guys. Uh, some will. That, that's inevitable. That happens. Uh, but it feels like this is a team that's going to be together for a couple of years, which is a real luxury if, if you're a VCU fan. Uh, but but for right now, you've got two guys, Shulga and Bearstow, who both been with Ryan Odom. And uh, he, he talked about kind of how that helps everybody else come along in their development as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly some of that, you know, that goes on naturally, um, whether it's, you know, at the apartments or whether it's actually in game or in practice. You know, there are certain certain times where these guys, have, they've been through it, you know, with us and our staff, so they understand kind of how we want to play and, and different, you know, things, different challenges call call for different reactions, uh, responses, and um you know, I think certainly, you know, Sean was a captain for us last year at Utah State, and he had, you know, three other really, you know, veteran guys, you know, with him as well uh, that were captains. And Max, you know, was jumping into it, you know, this year. It was his first year doing it. Same with Zeb. Um, and so, you know, I think now having Sean back out there is really helpful, you know, for them, uh, the others, especially the younger players. Like he, you know, Sean mentors Mike Bell, you know, um, you know, Joe's really good, you know, with Fats and some of the other guys. Um, you know, Max, you know, Max is quiet, you know, but at the same time, uh, you know, he's in, in games and in practice when uh, things are happening, you know, he certainly is, is somebody that, that they look to. Uh, how much of a there you go. There's uh, VCU coach Ryan Odom. Uh, of course, you'll hear more from him tonight on the pregame show uh, with Rodney and Robbie and Awan. That'll be right here on 910 The Fan. That'll take you up to 9 o'clock. Ball tips at 9 uh, right here on The Fan. Awan will have the halftime show. I'll be down there at the Stew fired up for this one tonight. Uh, it, it should be a really good, really even matchup of a pair of teams that both have the size to compete in the A-10 but also the size to compete outside the A-10 as well. Uh, VCU's strength, I- I've said this all year, I think their strength has been their defense. I think it's been way better than I anticipated it being under Odom. That will get tested tonight. This is this is a Bonnie's team that can move it inside out, that can, that can score, that can put up some points. Uh, this, this is not a night where the VCU offense can disappear. This is going to be a night where they're going to have to win with 70 points, with 75 points. Uh, I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game down there at the Stew. And, uh, you know, I've, I've held off from giving a prediction just because I, I think there's so much we don't know, right? VCU's such a different team than they were a month ago. Uh, I think the Bonnies are, are a bit of an unknown. Uh, one bad loss, but also some good wins along the way. For them, uh, they're a transfer all-stars team, kind of like that McNeese State opener, right? You got a team coming in here that you don't know entirely what they'll be, but you know that they count. Starting tonight, A-10 play, these games count, and uh, that, that's going to be part of the fun 9 o'clock tip out there at the Stew. Uh, also, UVA on the board tonight. Uh, UVA taking on Louisville. That's an ESPN 2 game, 7 o'clock. Uh, Cavs need to bounce back in a big-time way. Uh, that, that Notre Dame loss is, is stinging. Louisville's a bad team. Uh, chance to uh, chance to get right against one of the uh, most struggling programs. At the, not the worst program, but, but a team that's really having a lot of struggles right now uh, entering ACC play. Time to get Isaac McNeely, IMAC, uh, going again from the field. Time to get that offense humming again. Uh, you know, Tony Bennett's statement after the Notre Dame game, right, when the defense break di- breaks down, it all looks bad. That's true. Uh, they weren't the defense they normally are. They allowed more points than they normally do. But a, a lot of that, too, is going to be getting the offense going and getting the shots to fall. Uh, before we head to break, uh, why don't we bang clip number four, the, the Caitlin Clark buzzer beater one more time uh, for the people who joined us late today because uh, that was one of the most exciting college basketball plays I've seen in a while, uh, Josh. Get the ball up in time. Clark for the win. She does it time and 
That was Iowa's Caitlin Clark. Uh, women's basketball win over Michigan State, uh, who was 11-2 entering the game. Fantastic walk-off shot. She was she was kind of at the, the long-range three range there and did the step back back onto the half-court logo before just casually draining it. You heard the swish there. Nothing but net coming in. Uh, what an exciting see. She's so, she's so good by herself. Uh, you, you think about the top teams in America right now. We got a chance to see her, obviously, when she was playing the Hokies down in Charlotte earlier this year. Hokies are still one of the top teams in America. Uh, South Carolina, man, with Dawn Staley, uh, has a number one ranked offense and defense in the country. They've been basically untouchable. You can't score on those guys. LSU has an all-star team, a fantastic year in women's college basketball as they turn the corner to conference play. Love to follow them and uh, see, see what's on tap out there. Oh, JC bringing a little flavor to the table here. All right, let's go. I feel like I'm going to feel like I'm about to get served some chips and salsa here. I'm I'm ready. That's All right. Uh, I got like some Havana vibes happening right little, now. Like little that. Dirty dancing, a little something like that. Absolutely. I had the time of my life. What one, one of my favorite uh Mexican restaurant pieces of trivia. You know the the white sauce they put at your table with the chips and the salsa? Yes, I do. That's Tell me you, what you know about it. That's from Virginia Beach. That's unique to Virginia. No way, really? Yeah, it's our version of uh, fortune cookies were invented in San Francisco. You know, uh, that's uh, that's there's nothing Mexican about it. There's nothing Latino <laughs> about it. That that's right. full on Hampton Roads Tidewater style for you. Jeez, I didn't even know that. I I had looked up the recipe at one point because love that white sauce. <laughs> Delicious. I wanted to make it at home for myself. But I didn't know it came from Virginia Beach. That's a cool little factoid. What what's in it? Just just blind guess here. Ranch, sour cream, mayo, those those it's, kinds of things. It is sour cream. It is lime juice. Oh. A little bit of cumin. Um I'm pretty sure you put like a dash of cayenne in there and some salt, and that's about it. Okay. That's pretty crazy. That, that's all you need. All right. I I'm a straight salsa guy, but uh, I certainly certainly respect that there's people out there doing the white sauce number. <laughs> I, li- I like myself a really hot salsa as well. Oh so yeah, yeah. So you, you and you like the hot wings too. Absolutely. I hit a, I hit some hot wings after the uh, after the game the other night. Treated myself after uh, three hours of bad football. I think I deserved it. Yeah. Treat treat yourself. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta treat yourself. Um, I the the one thing about the white sauce the the texture weirds me out a little bit. It's not like thin enough to be salsa but it's not thick enough to be like a spread they're we're in a weird right. twilight zone there it is it is not quite creamy and it's not quite runny it's it's yeah. right in the between yeah yeah I see what you're saying there strange texture that's virginia though that's uh virginia's for lovers baby virginia's for white sauce lovers <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> and strange textures and there you go my new uh on. you love talking food we'll keep talking food my my new my Mexican food obsession at the moment, they have these tortillas. They're in the refrigerator section at the grocery store. They're called Tortilla Land. I'm not being paid to say this. Uh, I just enjoy them. Okay. They're like raw tortillas. Uh, I don't think that's a term, but that's you know that's what they are. It's like the tortilla dough, and you yes. cook them, and then they taste like fresh tortillas. Uh, they're, they're fantastic. Oh, wow. wow. So Tortilla Land? Tortilla Land tortillas. Yeah. Take me there. Take me to Tortilla Take Land. Take me to Tortilla Land, baby. Um, 
Story on that, you know, I love reading about the politics story in the Virginia Mercury this morning that the small western, southwestern Virginia town of Pound uh, has increased its population enough that it will not be taken off the map. It's in Wise County, um, and I guess okay. they were in danger of, of being dissolved as a city uh, because they didn't have enough people living there. Uh, uh -huh. but, but we're good. They're paying down their debt. Um, they're hiring new employees. Quote, we've shocked the world. You know where we're headed here, Josh. <laughs> Pound Town has been saved. <laughs> oh, gosh. And we did it. We did it. We saved Pound Town. It's, uh, it's new. 2024 is off saved to a phenomenal Pound. start. Let's Goodness gracious. go. Good chat with uh, Craig Hoffman. If you missed it, grab the free Odyssey app with the rewind button. And uh, I, I think he... He mentioned something that I, I think is important to keep in mind here, which is this isn't going to be a fast process for the commanders, right? Like, we, we all know Ron Rivera is not going to be coaching the commanders on Monday, but that doesn't mean somebody else is going to be coaching the commanders on Tuesday. You're going to have your general manager search. You're going to have your, you know, he, he mentioned Don Apont, uh, who works for the NFL, as being somebody who potentially oversees the whole thing. Um, we, you hear team president, you think Jason Wright, because he's the team president, but you've also got... Uh, team presidents who oversee the personnel side as well, or a VP of personnel, or something like that. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of things are going to have to go down there. It uh, doesn't mean they're running slow or anything like that. It just means, uh, just means that they're uh, they're they're building something new. Uh, this is like almost like an expansion team here. It's going to look like an expansion team next year once they get everybody in place, get everything moving. Uh, hour number two of this program, we will talk with Mike Sveditz, and uh, we will have, this is exciting, JC, the triumphant return of Hotel Pin Trivia, uh, which I believe oh has gosh. been, I, I don't think we've done this in a few weeks now. I'm, I'm excited. 11.15, uh, Hotel Pin Trivia is back. We've still got... Uh, did anybody steal the baseball cards from the studio? They're, they're still there. Uh, I'm not in the studio today. <laughs> they, they are still here, tucked behind the tissue box. I had to look. No criminal mastermind could penetrate that fortress of defense. Nicely done. Uh, we'll very, send, very secure. Send you a pack of baseball cards from the 1980s, too, because that's what we do. We care as a show. Hey. Hey. Absolutely. We try. We try. <laughs> I, I did love that factoid about um, <laughs> Pound, Virginia. I'm constantly learning about. I've lived in this state my entire life, and I'm constantly hearing new towns. There's so much to learn about Virginia. You got the towns, cities, counties. It's all different here, right? You're filling out a form. You got to say you're in Richmond City, not Richmond County. Uh, it, there, there's a right. lot, a lot going on in Virginia. Virginia's keeping busy. So you got, and we've got Pound Town, which is right next to Tortilla Town. <laughs> Tortilla and Land. That is right next, <laughs> Tortilla Land is right next to Margaritaville, right? Of course, of course, absolutely. Do we have a Margaritaville in Virginia? Not a town name, but the Jimmy Buffett chain restaurant? I don't think we do. I don't think we're trying. Maybe Virginia Beach did. has one somewhere on the boardwalk. I was going to say, if we did, it would probably be down there. Got to be. We'll, we'll look into that. Uh, college basketball talk coming up, too. We're counting down to a big night tonight at the Stew. VCU taking on the Bonnies. A-10 opener, and it could not be bigger. You'll hear from VCU coach Ryan Odom. His thoughts on the matchup. Uh, we'll bring AWOD on at 1145. I know he's fired up for this one. We'll do our first MP on the mic crosstalk of the year. Tons of fun ahead. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. 
Mike Savanis of Front Page Bets breaks down this week's lines and action in college and pro football. All right, Mike, uh, it's, it's a wild week in the NFL as it always is in week 18 with the lines, but uh, I trust you enjoyed some college football on New Year's Day? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, that's like the best day of the year for a college football fan and being able to uh, just hang out and uh, watch all the games, even though, you know, they got uh, – we knew the ch- college football uh, playoff uh, semifinals were going to be good up until, you know, until that the, the other games were kind of uh, – yeah, not not a lot to be desired there, um, especially, you know, Oregon and Liberty, you know, and uh, Iowa, Tennessee, good gracious. <laughs> for, for Liberty, it's it's never good when your path to victory is, let's hope the other team doesn't care today. Right. And they exactly. did. And, 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 and you know, the, the, the touchdown that they scored, you know, everybody, it's – I tell you what, Liberty, great, great season for them to Good get story. there, go undefeated. You know, it's a it's a great story. But you know, now you're playing big boy football, and <laughs> I think, you know, and it's you know, it's no disrespect to Liberty, but you just look at the athletes, you look at the recruiting, you look at just the infrastructures that you know Oregon has compared to you know a startup program like Liberty. But give them a couple years, um, you know, I think this this did what it needed to do for Liberty, put them on the map, got people talking about them. You know, now you're starting to see like, hey, can they? you know, can they legitimately continue this, you know, kind of like an Appalachian State or a Coastal Carolina or Tulane? Are they going to be consistently good, or is it going to be one year we catch lightning in a bottle and then we go back to irrelevancy? This will be the challenge for Liberty and for teams like that. Kind of, you look at, like, the mid-majors in basketball, VCU, or, or things like that. Are, are you able to sustain and continue to play at that level? And that'll be the question for, for the Flames. Man, for Liberty, they got, like, the GDP of a small country flowing into that football program. They uh... – <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it feels like feels like if anybody could do it, they could do. It. I also thought like one of my takes coming in was, man, I wish they had been JMU playing Oregon. And then in about the third quarter, I was like, nah, we're good, we're good. Yeah, not probably for the yeah. best. I would like to have seen Liberty play Florida State. Actually, oh. that would have been a little bit more competitive. <laughs> <laughs> the consolation bowl. I love it. Has there ever been a bigger bigger cultural mismatch in the parking lot than Liberty against Florida State? That That is a study in humanity right there. We just need to go. <laughs> Remember the Catholic versus convict mm-hmm. uh, back in the day with the with the Notre Dame in Miami? I think you'd have something similar. cool. <laughs> I love it. We could sell them. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you do you uh, do you have early thoughts on the title game? Uh, we got a uh, Michigan given five, depending on where you're at. Was the last I saw to Washington. Um, I, I like Michael Penix a lot, but I, I think it's also fair to say hadn't seen anything like that Michigan defense yet. No, I think you know one of the things for excuse me for Michigan is is that defense. You know, and the offense came and scored, ran the football. I don't know why they didn't come out running the football against Alabama. We've seen Alabama struggle with the run. Auburn was able to run a lot on him. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But um, I think, you know, J.J. McCarthy played as well as he could possibly play, put him in good position. And then Blake Corum, I mean, you know, the guy led the nation in touchdowns this year. Is, is, is you know, Michigan record as well for single-season touchdowns. I, I think you got to give him the ball and let him eat, which they did. And obviously we saw in overtime two runs, and then he scores the touchdown. But that defense is absolutely legit. Um, you know, Alabama, a lot of people are calling, you know, t- talking about the final play in overtime, um, you know, that, that run. I think obviously it's a bad snap. It's not a great play call, but if, if – I think the play call. I think the hole was there, and I don't. I know you didn't ask me this question, but I've, I haven't had anybody talk to about this. Yeah, because I've been in the cabin with my kids for the last couple of days. <laughs> but 
I think that the, I think that the, the play was there as a bad snap, and instead of fall, he had his blocker, he had the guard pulling, he gets over there, he might have had a chance on the edge, um, but obviously with the snap, and they've been struggling with the snap all game from the center, so it's just an unfortunate way for Alabama to lose. But Michigan's, you know, they're really good, four and a half, you know, five, depending on on what you look at it, that the spread. I think I think that's. Legit, I think Michael Penix though impressed me. I think the, for me, the jury was still out a little bit. Does he have the talent? Arm talent? Is he going to be able to put his team in position to play against another good defense? You know, we saw we saw Texas being able to. You know, their defense was giving up less than you know fifteen, what seventeen points a game. You know, were they going to be able to play against a, a better caliber defense? And Penix, man, I mean that guy's accurate. He makes the big throws. He loves to throw the deep ball, um, and and I really think he, you know, I'm not that anybody cares what I think, but I mean, he he impressed me, and I think he I think he made himself a lot of money with that with his arm in that game when it comes to next year in in the NFL draft, but. I think Michigan wins and rolls in this game. Yeah, I hadn't heard anybody talking about him as a first-round pick before the game. and I mean, maybe he's still not a first-round pick, but he's at least in the discussion now. And uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Let, let Milrow cook. I, I mean, there's no – you want to give it to your best players in the biggest moments, and, and you gave them – the ball with the chance to get through a hole, you just didn't, you know, didn't get him the ball quickly enough. And that's uh, those, those little things like, right, that's why we were talking about, you know, does Georgia belong in? Because because I think we knew this isn't vintage Bama and, and you know, vintage right. Bama doesn't make that mistake. No, not at all. And, and I think the other thing is, is, you know, Alabama had this was this team overachieved if there is such a thing for Alabama. Absolutely. They weren't a very good football team when it came to the Alabama pedigree, right? They're you know obviously better than, you know, the other 126 teams in the in the country, but you know this wasn't the the dominant Alabama team. You have your best player you know your receivers have struggled all year. You you, you run it. Your your quarterback is your definitely your best player. I'd like to have seen him get on the edge, maybe with a run throw option instead of straight ahead. You yep. know, but again, you look back. You look back and say, hey, who do we want to have the ball at the end? And, and you want Milrow to have the ball. Um, you know, just like Michigan. Michigan's got players all over the place. You talk about kids making plays. Michigan, they had everybody make a play for them. Nobody made a play for Alabama except for Milrow the entire game. I mean, Michigan special teams kept making the plays for Bama. They were making more plays Correct. than Bama's making for Bama. Uh, since you didn't ask me and ended the, the the Texas game, my takeaway from this is Quinn Ewers. He's not the reason they lost, obviously. I don't see how he's going to survive an entire season where every game is just them cutting to Arch Manning on the sideline being like, there's a Quinn Ewers uh, incompletion. Wonder if Arch Manning's going to warm up now. Exactly. And I read a great column, um, you know, today in Fort Worth Stark Telegram, um, you know, about, you know, Archie Manning didn't come to Texas to sit, right? They didn't, they didn't, they didn't sign him to watch Quinn Ewers play. They knew that he was going to come in as a, as a freshman, sit. He was a third string quarterback this year, didn't play when Ewers got hurt. Which was a good call. Which was a great call. Get him a little bit more experience. Get him, you know, in the weight room a little bit more. Get him acclimated. This year is is Archie Archie May's year, right? Twenty four is is the year of Archie, and if he doesn't if he doesn't play, then there's a problem, and he'll transfer. But Quinn Ewers, you know, this is this is, and again, great column today in the Star Star um, in the, the Fort Worth Star Telegram about this. And now this is this is the the problem. This is the conundrum. That that te- the Texas coaching staff faces, and are they going to? Because Quinn Ewers is not going to the NFL. He's he's not going to get drafted. It's a waste of year. He either transfers or he comes back, and 
But if, the, if, if, if when you start the spring or you start, if you start the spring with both of these quarterbacks on your roster, somebody will not be there in the fall. If, I'm not even thinking about the portal, Mike. I'm thinking about the message boards. Just, uh, just knowing you got that sitting <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, when, when you have, when you're always looking over your shoulder, nobody can play like that Ooh. either, right? And if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Uh, all right, Mike Svet, it's front page bets. We love having him on Wednesdays. This is the this is the weird NFL week, right? Where you get the Ravens. We know they're the best team in the AFC. They're getting three and a half against the Steelers because it means something to the Steelers. We know the Niners are the best team in the NFC. They're only giving three to the Rams because the Rams are playing for something. They're not. Uh, you just get wacky lines all over the place. Uh, the big game, of course, Buffalo Miami, where they're playing for the AFC. So that one's Buffalo by three. Another weird line because Miami makes the playoffs. Either way, Chiefs are getting three this week. Uh, what, what do you make of, of all this? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm shocked that the Bills are three-point favorites on the road against Miami. Now, they did beat the, the Dolphins by, what, you know, 18 or whatever it was the last time they played in week four. This is a different team. And, and I, you know, I was a big Buffalo fan in the beginning of the year. I, you know, I thought they were going to, you know, compete for the AFC Championship, but you know, th- this is this team. You know, has ups ups and downs, and you don't know what team's going to show up. Miami, when they win, they win big, or they win. You know, like okay, they show up, but they lose. They lose convincingly, right? So you know, they lose by eighteen in Buffalo in, in week four. They get you know manhandled by the Ravens last week. But now you get you look back at does Mike McDaniel have been able to come back and rebound from this with his plan going against the Bills? It's in South Florida. That, you know, obviously it's not the cold of Buffalo. You got to get some guys healthy now. Is it, you know, does, do they get their running back and um, Mozart back? Do they get, um, you know, Waddle back? That, that's going to be interesting to see if those guys come back um, for this game. But I, I think I like Miami in this game. And, and, you know, the other game, you know, for me being, you know, an NFC South guy, which I know is, you know, who's it, who likes the NFC South, but, you know, the Bucks two chances to get in the playoffs, two chances to win the division, five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Panthers. You know, is this a game where, you know, the Bucks go out and beat the team they should beat with only three wins? Or is this, is this you know, the Baker Mayfield, you know, let me just roll the ball on the field and see what happens kind of game. And, and I, so I, I'm really interested in that game because, you know, the Bucks have – squeaked into the playoffs before you know last year they did it with 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 not a winning record you know they have a chance to to really clinch this division so is this a team that can do that what's the nfc south going to look like in the future is mayfield going to come back you've got a lot of quarterback questions in that division so i think uh i think that's another game i'm looking at but and then the ravens and the steelers right the steelers are playing for their lives did the ravens even show up for this game or they just wrote do they just mail it in and let the steelers walk uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. Week eighteen is always like you said, it's always wacky. Um, but you know these games do mean some for a handful of these teams playing for playoff position, and I think we'll see these teams play like that. Zero percent chance I'm rolling Lamar Jackson out against uh, T.J. Watt no, defense with something no to play. No way. No, I'm not even letting him sit on the bench. He can, he can be like that <laughs> Phillies guy, Big Dom. He can hang out in the in the suite uh, for this week. <laughs> Exactly. We'll put him with Taylor Swift and they can hang out. I also love, like, there's so much range on Baker Mayfield, right? Like, next Wednesday, it'll be either like, Baker Mayfield's in the playoffs, man. Is this the Baker Mayfield renaissance? Or it'll be like, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield. He, he's a dud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he could be either. We don't know. That's the beauty of Baker Mayfield. I mean, if you want, Baker Mayfield, I know I think I've said this before, but, you know, if you saw Baker Mayfield walking down the street, you'd be like, who's the soccer dad, right? <laughs> he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. Who's the guy with a really bad handlebar mustache? <laughs> oh, he plays, he plays quarterback? I love it. What? No. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining. Mike Svetitz, frontpagebets.com is the site. And uh, look forward to uh, one more weekend of uh, regular season football. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Take care. Uh, there's Mike Svetitz, frontpagebets.com. We're back after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. Love it. Rock and roll. MP on the mic Wednesday morning, January 3rd. Michael Phillips with you here, 910 The Fan, 1051 FM. If you want to enjoy some crystal clear FM audio in the new year, uh, great to be with you. Uh, I am live from Ashburn today as we continue to ease back into the new year. Had a great show yesterday. Ben Standig was on. Uh, Craig Hoffman joins me here at the bottom of the hour in a few minutes today. So we'll look forward to that as well. Well, uh, another guy who's having a good day, uh, against all odds, uh, Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper, who uh, threw a drink at a fan in Jacksonville, uh, got in a fight with the Jaguars fan, threw a drink at them, uh, is going to be fined $300,000. He issued a statement. He did not apologize in that statement. He only says he wishes he had let security handle the situation. Uh, The important thing here, of course, is that everybody's learned their lesson. Uh, right, it's like uh, like Connor Stallions uh, showing up at the Rose Bowl with Michigan. You know that that's it. I I am tired of the Michigan shtick. We battled adversity. We are we overcame adversity. The adversity, to be a hundred percent clear, was that you cheated. That was the adversity that you overcame. Uh, nobody believed in us. We we had our backs to the wall. America was rooting against us. America was rooting against you because you were cheating. America was rooting for Alabama. Do you think America wanted to be rooting for Alabama? Do you think America woke up on, on Monday morning? I was like, hope Nick Saban wins a title today. We haven't seen that in a while. Hope, Nick, hope something good happens to Alabama. You think we wanted to do that? No. David Tepper. I, I wish I'd let NFL security handle it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It costs no money to apologize. You don't lose any of your $20 billion if you apologize. Sorry. We'll move on. He's the new Dan Snyder, though. Uh, boy, we uh, we lost one Dan Snyder, but we got another one really, really fast down there in Carolina. Uh, Chicago Bears, uh, the biggest recipients of uh, David Tepper's generosity here. They, uh, they'll they get the first overall draft pick. Commanders in the running for number two, depending on how this weekend shakes out. we got plenty of time to break that down. Uh, while we were gone, boy, a lot, of, a lot happened on, on the NFL front. Russell Wilson, first and foremost, I did not see that one coming at all with Russ. Uh, I did not see... The, the benching, the cutting, the release, all that. Because I, I just thought the contract made him uncuttable. Sean Payton's going to take a fourth of his salary cap next year, potentially, or he can kick it down the road to, to 25. He's going to lose a fourth of his salary cap just to not have Russell Wilson on his team. That's insane to me. Like, there's giving a guy power, and then there's letting his petty grudges control an entire football team. That's... That's not good for anybody out there in Denver. Because you, you can overcome some things, right? And we've seen the Buccaneers this year. They've won eight. They, they've got about a quarter of their cap tied up uh, in that Tom Brady push. The guys they signed, not exclusively Brady, but the guys they signed for the Brady push. But to deliberately tank a quarter of your salary cap just to not be with a guy you don't like, 
Uh, that's that's insane. Uh, what's also insane is the Philadelphia Eagles fans who are merely going to be, uh, you know, a, a 12-game winners uh, atop the NFC East this year, completely turning on their own. Uh, let's play clip two, Josh. This is Nick Sirianni. Uh, he's on our sister station up there in Philly, uh, 94 WIP, uh, Philly Sports Talk. And uh, not a lot of not a lot of cities eat their own quite like this. Uh, Philadelphia, number two seed in the NFC, by the way. Keep that in mind as you enjoy this line of questioning. You got you got uh, clip number two there, Nick Sirianni. No, I'm not concerned about that. What, you know, we're just we're just looking to get the get back on the right track. You know, last week against the the Giants, got back on the in the wing column. Obviously, not not didn't didn't happen the exact same way we wanted it to happen, but got in the wing column. And then hey, we dropped this one this week. You know, and and the next thing is just to go back to work. And I'm not concerned about that. You know, I know. You know, I know the players and the and the coaches we have on this team. We got great leaders. Uh, that all we want to do is right the ship. I'm I'm confident that we can do that, and and that's where we are right now. There you go. Nick Sirianni asked if he'd lost the locker room. Uh, they played the toughest schedule in football. Their toughest stretch in NFL history. Uh, bouncing back from that, they. They lost to the Cardinals. The defense is bad. The defense has very real issues, uh, and obviously the Cowboys look good. I'm still not betting against Jalen Hurts in the postseason, though. Uh, especially, I, I think this is much more about them letting him lay a little bit low than it is about the team slumping. I do think that defense has fundamental issues. I think I think we've definitely cleared up who the two best teams are, and they're the Niners and the Ravens coming into the postseason. I, I, I don't see how you can make a case for any of the other teams at this point. That's not to say those two will be in the Super Bowl, uh, but you, you can't say the Chiefs are as good as the Ravens right now. They're not. The, the, the lack of talent there at some key positions is finally catching up with them, especially wide receiver. Uh, it's certainly, you know, the Bills are a good team. They may not make the playoffs, depending on how they do in Miami this weekend. Uh, Miami's been on fraud watch for a while, obviously. Uh, a team that is very talented offensively. Uh, do they have the defense to hang in the postseason? Remains to be seen. I think a Dolphins-Chiefs would be a super fun matchup from that perspective. Probably plays a little bit into both teams' strengths there. Uh, and the Jaguars have faded hard as well in the AFC. Really, this is this is Lamar's year. If he wants to take a run at it, this is about as good as it's going to get for him. Uh, a little commander's talk for you coming up on the other side. I had a chance to chat with Craig Hoffman, our sister station, the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. We'll talk a little general manager talk, uh, head coach, quarterback, uh, all those things we're about to really start caring about as we turn the page to next Monday and start building a commander's future that hopefully will give us something good to talk about occasionally on the radio. Step aside for now. This is the Wednesday edition of MP on the Mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, a rare line from Ashburn Wednesday. Appreciate J.C., Holding it down in studio, uh, he is there with the host of our Noon to Three Midday program, Adam Epstein. That can only mean it is time for a little crosstalk. Two hosts enter. Let's get it on right now, all right? Two hosts will also leave, but in between, all bets are off. This is Crosstalk with MP and AWOD. Okay, okay, let's get this show on the road! 
Adam, you uh, you catch a little hockey last night? You watched the puck? I didn't. I've actually been binging the new HBO show Bookie with Sebastian Maniscalco, and so I spent the entire night watching that. <laughs> Good. Is that is that an A one recommendation there? It's uh. It's not the greatest show, but it's entertaining enough, and it's 25-minute episodes, so you can just cruise through it. I, and it's, it's a little bit of a sports, you know, pop culture mix. I think Netflix has really been to blame for the what I would call, like, the sprawl of episode length. Like, the, you're seeing, like, 72-minute TV episodes now. That's not <laughs> – that's a movie. That's a movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And uh, actually, re I watched Barbie recently. Have you seen Barbie, Mike? It's on my list. I will watch Barbie. Uh, my my wife went to watch it, you know, with with her girlfriends, as you do. Um, I everybody who's seen it enjoys it, so I it's on my list. I will watch it. Can I make a suggestion for you, Michael? Oh, I'm ready for this. Take it off your list. Oh, okay, there we go. Take it off the list. Throw away the list. Burn the list. <laughs> it included Barbie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There you go. It's uh, that that's a no uh, on the A one recommendation <laughs> right there. Uh, you, you know, I, I wanted to watch Alex Ovechkin score goals on the Pittsburgh Penguins because that's a thing that makes me happy. But you, you just can't find games anymore. Like it's it was on ESPN Plus exclusively. I'm at I'm I'm up here in Ashburn. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a lovely the lovely people here at this hotel. They take care of me when I'm up here. But you you can't like you know put it on the TV. Like I can at home, so I'm I'm just staring at my cell phone screen. Like, what am I doing with my life here? Oh my goodness, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it is frustrating. I mean, I I own all of them now, right? I've got Paramount Plus, I've got Peacock, I've got ESPN <laughs> Plus, I've got Apple Plus. You know, I can find any game that's out there on television, but it is annoying. And we agree at the same time, which is, you know, especially when the NFL is on Thursday on Amazon Prime, the commercials are so aggravating because you're stuck on the damn app, yeah. right? And you can't channel surf. The, the the inability to channel surf is the number one flaw of streaming, right? Like, it's perfect for movies. It's perfect for TV shows, right? Like, you're, you're pulling up bookies last night. You just It starts when you want it to start. You can roll into the next episode. There are so many good things about streaming. Um, but, but the sports situation where you're having to, like, close one app and go to another app and you, you can't just check in on... Like, you know, tonight, you know, if I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be at the stew, obviously, but if I was watching VCU at home during the commercial, I'm going to go check out UVA or check out Tech or whatever. You can't do that on streaming. Yeah, see, you're different than, than me. I always find a comedy, so I go to Family Guy during commercials, or I go to Modern Family during commercials, or some, you know, oh, something you've seen, something, yeah. Something I've seen that I know will make me laugh for three or four minutes, and I won't be hooked, and I can just easily go back to the game. Uh, that's the office for me. I can just drop into <laughs> any office episode and be like, I know exactly what's going on here, and I'm ready. Let's rock. Yeah, yeah. It was an office episode after the Commanders and 49ers played. Oh, the uh, Michael Scott's TV down in the locker yeah. room, down in the yeah. 49ers locker room. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, what That reminded me of, all right, I moved out here to cover the Nationals um, in 2007 when they were at RFK Stadium. And the visiting clubhouse um, literally had a George Foreman grill uh, with like some ingredients to make like a panini or whatever. That was what they had for the opposing players was a George <laughs> Foreman grill in the locker room. That's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> of course.
course, the learners are cheap enough. They may still have a George Foreman grill in the locker room <laughs> for other reasons. Yeah, that that visiting locker room is is a ride. I was in there I, I doing uh, doing bits with Trent Williams. Um, this won't surprise you at all. Uh, I'll just derail us because it's crosstalk, and I'm allowed to do that. Uh, go, go in. I'm chatting with Trent Williams. Uh, our guy Chris Russell, the rooster, is is there as well. And um, so we're chatting for a minute, uh, and then you know the the 49ers reporters come over. They want to talk about the game, of course. So it's, we, he does like the interview portion, and um, Chris says, "All right, so you know, uh, I, I'm only asking you this because I know you're a sensitive guy. Um, <laughs> you know, it had to have really hurt, um, you know, a, a leaving DC and 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 all that." And uh, trying to go. I'm a sensitive guy. <laughs> so, and I thought we were about to lose Chris Russell. I, I thought I thought his radio career was over. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so jealous of those conversations. Michael, did Trent Williams recognize you? He did. He did. He recognized Oh, I love that. Trent was Trent was one of the good ones when he was here. Um yeah, he uh, he he was fantastic uh you know, catching up and uh I I I asked him uh I asked him if he would be open to someday coming back and being like you know inducted into the ring of honor or something because i i think that's you know new ownership you know i I think that you know he he should be honored at some point he was a great player while he was here um but he heard like would you come back and play here next year um and he so he he like gives a big definitive no and i was like wow that caught me off guard how definitive he is but then he was like he was talking for a little bit i was like oh he thinks i want him like to just stay and not go back on the plane with the team. Like, oh, no, go go with them. Yes, that's the correct team to be on here. Come on now. Yeah, it's all about the culture and the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard my interview with Cleland Farrell yesterday, you know, Benedictine kid, Richmond, or he, he lines up next to Chase Young now. He said when he was a free agent, he called around, he played at Clemson, he called around to some of his other Clemson guys who were in the league and essentially said, where should I go? And they all told him, you got to go to the Niners like they take care of you there. And I thought, like, man, it would be great if we could get D.C. to that point. Yeah. No, I just don't think we'll ever get there. And that's what's so frustrating is I really think, and I'm going to talk about it on my show today, Ron Rivera set this franchise back five years because the fact is he came in here with a second round, uh, second overall pick, and now he's going to leave with a second overall pick. And every team around the NFL has improved except for Washington. It's a nothing. It, it was a big four years of nothing uh, for, for sure. Yeah, I, it, it, you and I are on the same page, right, that they need to lose Sunday. You're not going to do one of these wacky, they got to beat the Cowboys things, right? No, I, I'm not, but I certainly have a few friends that are diehard fans that that's all they care about, like all season long, yeah. the Cowboys, and I've had to like beat it into their skull that the second overall pick is way more important than beating the Cowboys. We can take one more ass whooping under Ron Rivera and then officially turn the page. Uh, but I really thought, you know, Doc Walker said it great yesterday on the Junkies, and uh, and then he made an appearance later on my show also, which was just that Ron Rivera sold us uh, this BS that he needed four years when every other team took one or two years. I mean, look at the Eagles. The Eagles, I mean, you know, that first year of Ron Rivera was when they put in, uh, what was his name? I, I'm, Sudfeld, Sudfeld, right? thank you. Nate Sudfeld uh, to, to, you know, in, in the final game, which was like a circus. At that point, they so they had just been a Super Bowl team. They bottomed out, they rebuilt, and now they're a Super Bowl team again, like all in the span of time it took for these guys to be like, but what if we got another linebacker? Right. Yeah, I know. Just so frustrating. I mean, everybody knows this, but 
I hate Ron Rivera. Had, I just hadn't hate noticed. the guy. You know? Hadn't noticed. You hadn't, you hadn't made your feelings clear on that. So it's good to, <laughs> good to get clarity on the way out. All right. Uh, Adam Epstein, AWOD Radio. Uh, anything else we need to know about your program today? It's going to be a good one. Got a lot of big guests. Bill Roth will join us yes. at 1.30 to recap the Virginia Tech football season. A big win in the bowl game. And then Rodney Ashby at 2 p.m. for a VCU game day preview against St. Bonaventure. I am so excited. We'll cross talk on your show in a bit. I will see you at the stew tonight. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, stay tuned for AWOD Radio. Rodney Ashby will be fantastic. Uh, we weren't on the air last week, but uh, absolutely shout out to the Hokies. Big military bowl win. If you missed anything today, it's on the podcast. Search MP on the mic. Uh, AWOD Radio up next. Grant and Danny will drive you home. Get right back here uh, tonight, 9 o'clock tip, uh, VCU against St. Bonaventure. Fantastic game down at the Stew. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, to put a bow on it for you. Hopefully I have an interview with a player from the winning locker room down there at the Stew. That would be nice. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 